So I'm glad you're here. If you've got a Bible, go to Galatians chapter 5. And if you just remain standing, we're going to read some scripture together. If, you're, uh, if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to uh, download version. It's a great app. And uh, I'm reading out of what's called the New Living Translation. So that's the one you're going to want to look for. So we're in our series called Letters to the Church. Uh, did Pastor Eric do an amazing job last week? Did he, did he not do it? That was incredible. Oh, you can do better than that. Can we thank Pastor Eric? Like, come on. Act like you're alive. I'm going back to Breckenridge. I'm just going to go on back to Calvary Chapel where people are real charismatic. Um, no, so this series we're in called Letters to the Church, you kicked it off. You did. It was amazing. Incredible job of uh, teaching that, that particular book. We're looking at these letters and the Apostle Paul, if you're new to church, there's the Apostle Paul. He was not one of Jesus' disciples. He was converted later. But he wrote almost the entire New Testament. And he wrote these different letters to different churches that he had started on his missionary journeys. And then we have these, these letters. And during this series, by the way, we're reading through the letters. So this week we're going to be reading through the book of Galatians together. If you don't, uh, by the way, if you don't get the weekly readings or our daily devotions, you can sign up on a Next Step card, put your email on there. We'll make sure that you get a copy of that every week. It'll, it'll link to it, and you'll be able to see. This week, we're all reading through the book of Galatians. It's, and it's an amazing study, by the way. The devotion we're going through is really, really good. We also have journals out in the, in, in the lobby. Those are free for you. There is a reading plan. Maybe you've never done daily devotions. I want to encourage you to start now. There's a reading plan in there. There's a way in which you can do devotions. Um, we talked a few weeks ago about learning voice recognition. We talk about that in the reading plan. How do you do that? How do you learn to decipher and hear the voice of God? Just grab one of those. They're free for you. We want you to have that. But today we're reading uh, from the book of Galatians. And it's really not a book. It's a letter. And Paul wrote this to a church that he founded in Galatia. And Galatia is in modern-day Turkey. And what's interesting about this particular book is this is the very first book in the New Testament that was written down. So before this, it was an oral trans, uh, they orally got the word of God out there and they had the apostles and the apostles were doing the teaching and they were passing that teaching on. It wasn't until the apostles were about to die that they realized we better write this stuff down. So Paul, is a, if you look at your New Testament, the very first thing ever written down and sent out to churches was this letter right here, long before the Gospels and anything else. So in Galatians chapter 5, what we see here is Paul is talking about this, this idea of who the Holy Spirit is and this idea of fighting against our sin nature and what is that all about. So if you got a Bible, Galatians 5, let's start in verse 16. He says, so I say... I like the way he says that. I don't care what everybody else says. This is what I say. So what I say, uh, it sounds like a dad, doesn't it? What I say goes. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. For some of you right now, you're having a great awakening. You're like, that's why I keep stumbling. That's why sin keeps cropping up in my life. When am I ever going to conquer this? I mean, when am I going to get through this? When you're directed by the Spirit, 
you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear, sexual immorality, or excuse me, sexual, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful uh, pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and COVID. And I just try to loosen y'all up a little bit. Did he just say that COVID is the result of sin? No, I'm not. I'm joking. I'm kidding. If you're new, I'm totally kidding. Just trying to lighten up the room a little bit. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But, somebody say, but, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And by the way, if you're wondering, if you're not a follower of Jesus, get in on the good stuff. Because here is the good stuff that is produced in your life when you follow Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control, those are good. Turn to somebody and say, you need some of that. You, you need some of that. <laughs> you might even tell them which one. If they're family, just turn to them and tell them the one. This is the one you need to work on. I like this. There is no law against these things. I love that. that what Paul is saying is like, listen, you're not going to get arrested for being kind. You're not going to get a ticket for being faithful. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, they've nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they've crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Father, we just pray that you will help us today as we look at this book of Galatians. You will speak to us through your Spirit. We trust you today in Jesus' name. And the church said... Okay, now you can sit down. Do you um, ever look around and, and feel like everyone is much more successful than you are? Do you, am I the only one? Like, you know, you look around, you're like, they're doing so much better than I am. I am such a loser. I really need to get my life together. So as I mentioned earlier, we were in Breckenridge, uh, Colorado, Laura and I, for uh, the past week, and we were staying at our condo. Um, it's not really our condo. We were renting it for the week, but it just sounds better, doesn't it, to say we're staying at our condo. In fact, I felt like when we were there, when I was talking to people, I was like, yeah, we're staying at our condo. I mean, it technically was for the week. Uh, but we had to scrimp and, and save. You ever done that for a vacation? You know, you're, you're finding every quarter and dime and nickel, and you're saving for a long period of time just so you can go on this vacation. That was this vacation for us, is we were putting all our money in. We're going to go, and we're going to really have a good time. Well, what I didn't realize is when you stay in a condo, you also stay with people that actually own the condo. Okay, they own their own condo. So as we were having conversations, like one couple said to us, they're like, yeah, we're leaving tomorrow. We're like, oh, wow, so how long have you been here? We've been here for a month. A month. I was like, wow, we're staying for seven days. You're much more successful than we are. A month. How do you have enough money to stay a month? Take off work? Did you fly in on your private jet? Oh my, what is this? You know? And they're like, yeah, we're headed back tomorrow to Paris. Now it was Paris, Texas, but still it was, <laughs> it was, but it was Paris. Then we run into another couple. 
that we're talking to, and they're like, this is our third trip this year to, to Breckenridge. I'm like, three times? Yes, we're coming back next month, and we're bringing the children with us next month. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is insane. I'm way in over my head. These people are way much more successful than I am. The saving grace was that on the way home, we stayed at a Best Western. <laughs> I mean, I woke up, I went to the breakfast bar, it was like a PJ Pant convention. I was like, these are my people. I, I feel much more at home here. But we, we equate success with the tangible things in life, do we not? I mean, what, we, what we see, what we feel, what we touch, and what we can experience. I mean, just take the Olympics. We just came through the Olympic Games, and I think the Olympic Games are the pinnacle of success. I mean, getting a, a gold medal. There, is there anything more successful than winning a, a gold medal? And we, we all know, though, intuitively that the tangible things in life, they never fully satisfy. We know that, but even as followers of Jesus, we still get on that hamster wheel, don't we? And we just chase after it, chase after it, chase after it. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, get off that hamster wheel. Get off that hamster wheel. So what if, what if we redefine success? What if success looked like something completely different than that? I, I think the Apostle Paul in this letter here in the fifth chapter I think he redefines success. I think he helps us understand that this is a success that he talks about that not only, not only satisfies, but a success that is significant. Because the, the, the things that we get in this world, they, they, they do satisfy for, for a moment, but really what true success is is when something is significant. It's got to be significant. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, tell them this. Do something significant with your life. Do something significant with your life. So Paul, I think, gives us a good definition of success. Look back at verse 22 of chapter 5. And he says this, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and, and self-control. I think a loose interpretation, and another way to say this would be that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of success in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of success, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, because success or, or, or fruit in God's eyes is not how much money you make, the kind of car you drive, the house you, you live in. It's not that at all. Success in God's eyes, I believe, looks like loving somebody who disagrees with you. Loving somebody who won't get the vaccine. Loving somebody who does get the vaccine? Oh, now I am preaching up in here. I really believe that success looks like when you can be patient with your kids, patient with your parents, your siblings, patient with people at work. I believe that success in God's eyes is really about being faithful to your family, 
being, being faithful in friendships, being, being faithful to the job and what you have agreed to do and not cutting corners. I, I believe that's what success looks like to God. I'd like for you to write this down. I think this is what I'm talking about this morning is we're, we're looking for the tangible, but God's looking for the meaningful. We're looking for the tangible things I can feel, see, touch, do, and experience. That's success. We're looking for the tangible, and God says, no, no, what I'm looking for in your life is the, the meaningful. I saw a great example of this when we were in Colorado. We got to visit my son, Herc, and his wife, Shana, and spend some time with them. And we were out walking his dogs one night and early evening. As we were walking the dogs, uh, all of a sudden this nine or ten-year-old boy just came running up to us full, full gallop, okay? I mean, because nine and ten-year-old boys, they don't run, they gallop, you know. They, and so he's running at us, and off in the distance, I can hear his mom shouting, Stop! Stop! And, and my son looks, and he sees that something's not right, and he jumps in front of this boy, and, and, and he holds him. And this boy's like fighting against him and trying to get away. And, and my son is just like, no, no, hold on, hold on. Your mom's coming, your mom's coming. And he's like, no, let me go, 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 let me go. And he's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. What we, we didn't know was the boy was autistic. And his mom, when she was out by herself, I don't know if she was a single mom, I don't know what's going on, but she was frantic because she couldn't keep up with him and he was running and getting away from her and she knew this is going to be really trouble. But my son in that moment stopped everything he was doing and he displayed kindness. I think that's what success looks like in the eyes of God. And I think that's, as followers of Jesus, what we should be striving after. Come on, turn to somebody and say, strive for that. Strive for that. I, I think as followers of Jesus, this should be our, our deepest desire. It should be what our lives are all about. It should be what we are known for. Like, I, I really believe that. I think what people should talk about in your life is not the vacation you go on. I think what people should talk about in your life is how you are a person of peace. I don't think people should be talking about the house or the zip code that you have. I think people should be talking about the joy that you display in the, in the worst of times. I don't think people should be talking about the promotion that you got, although that's great and congratulations. But I think what they should be talking about is the self-control that you show in your life over and over again. That's what success looks like. But the truth is, producing that kind of success, producing that kind of fruit isn't easy. Come on, is it not? I mean, this is not easy, and there's a reason why it's not easy, because you have the Holy Spirit at your disposal, but you also got this crazy thing called a sin nature. It keeps tripping you up. This is what Paul said in verse 17. Uh, say, say these words with me. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Say it with me again. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. The Holy Spirit and your sin nature are battling, going at it all the time, and you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We all have good intentions, don't we? 
come in here on Sunday and we'll be like, yes, I'm going to live like Jesus. I'm going to, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm going to take that. I'm going to be a person of peace. And then Monday hits you and you end up on the Broken Arrow Expressway in the middle of traffic and the fruit of the Spirit just spills out all over the expressway and you're running over kindness, aren't you? <laughs> it's just that it's not easy to do. And Paul says there's a reason why that's happening. Because there's this battle raging inside of you for control. It's this battle between the Holy Spirit and your sin nature. He says it this way. They're constantly fighting each other. Do you ever feel that? You know, it just, you feel that battle that's taking off, going on inside of you. He says, and you can't do what you intend to do. We all intend to leave here today and to be kind, and to show joy, and to use self-control, but we get so easily tripped up. It's like night cravings. You ever get night cravings? Oh my goodness, Laura, she made for my birthday, uh, my birthday was last week, and so if you didn't get me anything, that's okay, you can <laughs> still get me something, it's not too late. Uh, but she, <laughs> she made chocolate chip cookies and she made enough that she had to freeze it, you know, freeze the dough. And so she put it in the freezer. And I woke up at about 12.30. And what do you think my first thought was? There's frozen cookie dough in this house. <laughs> I mean, it was just calling, beckoning for me. I'm up digging through the freezer. It's in here somewhere. She's wrapped it in something, disguised it as chicken bone, but I know <laughs> it's in here somewhere. I'm going to find it somewhere. That's your sin nature. Your sin nature has these unhealthy cravings. They're not healthy. But Paul describes it this way. He says sexual immorality, hostility, Quarreling, jealousy, anger, division, envy. Wow. Not good cravings. Turn to somebody and say, not good. Not, not good. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody who, um, I'll just say they did something wrong to me. And uh, it wasn't really to me, but it was just something they, it was very wrong. And I was in my driveway, and I got out my phone, and I wrote, started firing off a text. And you did this, and this happened, and you should have done this, and this happened, and why'd you do this, and this happened this way, and you did Oh, yeah, and there's a Erase, 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 and then you said, and you should have, and you didn't, and this happened, and this, and this ever happens again. I'm going to, da 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 Yeah. Woo. And the battle started. The battle started in my driveway between the Holy Spirit and my sin nature. My sin nature going, Send that bad boy. Tell them about it. They need to know what they did. They need to fix that wrong. They need to make it right. And truthfully, though my sin nature was telling me, everything you wrote is absolutely true. And the Holy Spirit was there at the same time saying, everything you wrote is absolutely true and is going to be horrifically misinterpreted. And you should have this conversation in person 
so that you can handle this with kindness and goodness and love and thank God in that driveway, the spirit won out. But how often does the spirit not win out? How often does your sin nature hit send? And how often do you live with that regret that you have? It's because there's this battle. And it's raging for control. Who are you going to allow to control your life? Are you, are you going to let the Holy Spirit control your life? Or are you going to allow the sin nature to control your life? Verse 24, Paul says, those who belong to Christ Jesus They've nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they have crucified them there. Like, we, we have no ability, what Paul's trying to say here through this, this part of his letter is, we have no ability to produce fruit on our own. You can try, but you're going to try for a season, and then you're going to get tripped up, and you're going to to fail. It's why our world is so jacked up. It's why the, the songs that we all write, all you need is love and love is this and love is this and show peace and all these signs and different things that are out there. What's hilarious is it doesn't work apart from the Holy Spirit. It does not work. If you wonder why, why are we keep saying all the things that we're saying in our culture and our world? You know what I'm talking about? Love, peace, choose joy, all the things that are out there, all the catchphrases, they're on posters, they're on banners, they're, they're triumphing songs everywhere. But you look around in our world, do you see that? No. Why is that? It's because only the Holy Spirit can produce this in our lives. We need his power. Laura and I, we, we moved uh, a few months ago and we were in the process of moving out of our home that we'd lived in for 19 years, and we were packing everything up. And if you've ever, how many of you ever moved from one house or one apartment to another? You've moved, okay? You've, okay, it's just about all of us have done that, except for the Duntleys. They've never moved. You guys have never moved? Okay, you have moved. Okay, I was just checking. I was like, wow, that's a long time to live in an apartment since you got married. Okay, must be getting cramped with the boys and everything. And so we moved after 19 years, and, and I was, we were packing everything up. And do you not do this? As you're packing up and you're putting stuff into a box, do you not say to, your, to yourself, why are we packing this? We don't need this. Because you're packing just stuff, and I'm keeping it PG because I'm preaching. So we're packing stuff, and I'm like, honey, do we really, Laura, do we really? Oh, I think I might need that. I'm like, do you need 17 sets of teacups? It's like, well, those are the white ones. I was wondering where the white ones were. Oh. So then you're trying to pack without your spouse or somebody seeing what you're packing because you want to get rid of it. But what do you do? No, you pack it up. You pack your stuff up. You mark it A-T-T-I-C. Attic. And it goes from one attic to the next attic to gather dust. I literally picked up one box out of the attic. It disintegrated in my hands. And Laura said, I need that. <laughs> you've, you've, this is like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You, how do you even? We moved it to the new house. This is what all of us do in our lives. We, we pack up our old self. 
pack up our old ways and we carry them into our new life with Christ. You were never intended to take the old stuff with you into the new life. Paul says this over and over again in this letter. Like, don't do that. It's, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to purge some things from our past, some purge some things that we have been taken into our new life, and we need to let it go, and we need to leave it behind. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you got to leave that behind. You have got to leave that behind. Don't take it with you. Like this was the purpose of the cross. This is what Paul's trying to get said here. It's the purpose of the cross is Jesus conquered sin. You can't. You can't conquer it. It's always going to trip you up. He says, no, through the cross, that's the purpose of the cross, to conquer sin, to overcome sin, to make a pathway and a way out of sin, and only through the power of God's Spirit can I overcome the jacked up parts of my life. I need His Spirit. Come on, say that with me. I need His Spirit. So when I, when I nail my sinful passions and my sinful desires to his cross, they can die there. And when they die there, I can overcome and I can have victory. Look at verse 25. Verse 25 says this, since we are living by the Spirit, say this with me, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I was having a coffee a couple weeks ago with uh, Don Kretzweiser. I don't know if Don's here. Don, are you? I don't think he's here. I think he's traveling. So Don's a, a good friend of mine at Tense Core Church, and we were talking, and he said something that just stopped me because it didn't first make sense to me. It sounded kind of like as a follower of Jesus is not what we're supposed to be doing. But I, wa I want you to write this down. Here's what he said. I'm in control. As a follower of Jesus, I'm in control. But I'm not in charge. Write that down. I'm in control, but I'm not in charge. Now, when he said that, I got to be honest, I was like, man, that just doesn't, that sounds, doesn't sound right. And then I got to thinking about, um, some of you know Stan Sobolewski. Stan plays keyboards, and uh, he's not here today. And uh, normally, if you don't know Stan, you know his car. <laughs> his car is always parked out there in the back 40. He's got that beautiful Corvette. It's like a uh, 2022 brand new, beautiful white machine of glory. Okay, it's it's, it's an incredible, incredible vehicle. And he always parks it way out there because he doesn't want anybody parking next to him. He's a total car enthusiast, loves cars. And he came to me and said, hey, Brad, do you want to drive it? And I was like, oh, I do, but, man, it makes me kind of nervous. Oh. And he's like, come on, man, you need to drive it. I want you to drive it. And I was like, okay. And so he let me drive his Corvette. And, and we went out uh, to the Tulsa Speedway, also known as the Creek Turnpike, <laughs> and, and we get out on, 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 on the creek turnpike, and, I, and I, you know, I'm like, and he looks at me, and he goes, punch it. 
I, I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't want to punch it because this is a very expensive automobile, and a lot of things could go wrong for a guy who's never really gone over 90 miles an hour. And 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 he's like, punch it. It's like, all right, you said so. And I mean, it just blew me back in the seat, and I was like, I want to tell you it was exhilarating, it was amazing, it was fantastic, but that's not how I felt. I was freaking out. I was so scared because we were going so fast that I was white knuckling it. He's laughing at me. <laughs> and I stopped laughing at me. Not can you. I was white. He took a picture. This is the picture right here. I was white. <laughs> that speed is incorrect, by the way. <laughs> I was going. I don't know why it says that, because I was going 128 for the record <laughs> at the Tulsa Speedway. Uh, the, but but here's, here's the thing. I, I, I was in control, but I wasn't in charge, because that was not my car. <laughs> I was going to do whatever Stan told me to do. I was in control, but I wasn't in charge. There's this Christian thought of Jesus take the wheel. Can I tell you this? Jesus ain't going to take the wheel. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, Jesus ain't going to take the wheel. He's not going to take the wheel. He's going to set you behind the driver's seat. He's going to sit in the passenger seat. You are going to be in control of your life. You are in control of your decisions and choices. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, you are in control of your choices. You are in control of your choices. And what the Holy Spirit is asking from the passenger seat is this, will you let me be in charge? Paul says in verse 16, the Holy Spirit wants, wants to guide us. In, in verse 18, he says the Holy Spirit wants to direct us. In other words, the Holy Spirit wants to give us wisdom, wants to give us power, wants to give us this guidance, wants to show us the way in which we should go. I can tell you this, the sin nature is a horrible backseat driver. Irritating and will get you lost. Don't listen to your sin nature. Because the sin nature is going to get you chasing the tangibles, but the Holy Spirit wants to lead and direct you to the meaningful things in life. Jesus talked about fruit. In his letter, uh, John wrote this in John 15, 8. Jesus said these words. When you produce much fruit, like when you produce a lot of love, a lot of joy, a lot of peace, a lot of self-control, a lot of goodness in your life, you are my true disciples. Say this with me. This brings great glory to my Father. Jesus is saying here the ultimate mark of success is to bring great glory to God. Like when we are people of love, of joy and peace and goodness and kindness, this, this is what brings glory to God. This world, the world's going to get you chasing the tangibles, 
That, that's success. Chase the tangibles. Come on, get off that hamster wheel. Turn to somebody again. Tell them, get off that hamster wheel. Don't get on that wheel. Get off that wheel because God, God wants you to go after the meaningful in your life. He, he wants you to have success that is significant. So what if this week we redefine success? What if instead of chasing after all of those things, what if this week we said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase after love. I'm going to chase after joy no matter, I got the worst job. <laughs> I am so not looking forward to tomorrow. But what if you said, I, I'm going to go in and I'm going to redefine success and I'm going to choose joy. When I go into that, what if you when, you, when you look at your family unit or your extended family unit, you're frustrated and you just want to kick them to the curb. I'm done with you. Well, what if, what if instead you said, I'm going to redefine, I'm going to redefine success and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dig my heels in and I'm, I'm going to choose to be faithful, faithful to my family. What, what, what if instead of just indulging yourself in, in those things that you know just keep messing you up, I keep doing this and I, I keep craving it, I keep going back to this, and, 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 and what if instead of going to those things, instead you said, I, I am going to, through the power of God's Spirit, I am going to show some self-control. I believe when you do that, that God looks down on his creation and he's looking for people who are practicing things that are meaningful. And God doesn't care what kind of car you have. God doesn't care the house or the zip code or any of those things. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. They're blessings, they're gifts, they're amazing. If you own a condo, more power to you. I think that's amazing. I think that you worked hard and you did things to get there. Congratulations, way to go. That's amazing. But God doesn't look down at you and say, "Woo, you got a lake house. My man, my woman. No. God looks down and he says, wow, look at that. You displayed kindness. In fact, I'd almost say it this way. I think that God doesn't look down. I think God walks right alongside us each and every day. And he gives us these opportunities to practice success. Are you going to be good? Are you going to make the right choice? Are you going to, I'm right here and I will help you with this. I, I have this practice that I, I started in the last year of every day reading through the fruit of the spirit because this is the kind of success I want to have in my life. And so I thought I would share that with you. This is what I, I have that I, I say this every day. Uh, it's one of the practices I, I have because this is what I want to be known for. You might want to get your phone out. You might want to take a picture of this. Um, we'll, we'll try to get it out on social media as well this week so you can have it if you don't, aren't able to take a picture of it. But I want to encourage you this week. Take a picture of this. And, and then every morning, say it. It, it will take you less than 30 seconds. <laughs> It'll take you less than 30 seconds to do it. But to say these things every day. This is the kind of person you want to be, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what will happen. So I, I would like for us to say these things together. Would you stand? I want us to say these with us. Say these things together. Let's say this. Love. 
I will show love to others. Joy, I will choose joy in all circumstances. Peace, I will be a person of peace. Patience, I will show patience in all things. Kindness, I will be kind in every situation. Goodness, I will look for ways to do good. Faithfulness, I will be a faithful person. Gentleness, I will be gentle in my actions. Self-control, I will show self-control.